Good morning, church. Today, as we are talking about the parable of the sower, I figured it was a good idea for me to preach from our garden. But before we dive into the sermon portion of today's service, let us pray together. God, let us be good soil for your word to set down roots and grow within us. Would you till our soil and let us be receptive to whatever the Holy Spirit has for us? And God, if my words are not what is right for some of us right now, please let them simply wash away with your nourishing rain. We pray these things in your name, our creator, our sustainer. Amen. These last few months have been odd on so many levels. I have spent a lot of time in my own company. I have taken many walks and tried my hand at cooking some new things. I saw a tweet recently that said that COVID has had three stages so far for most people. The first stage being depression, as we spend some time alone worrying about the pandemic. The second stage is the stage of baking bread, which I know many of you have related to as you've been baking whole bakeries worth of bread these past few months. And then the third stage is the stage of revolution, which I know many of us have also participated in as we protested the murder of George Floyd and the continued brutality on the part of police towards citizens. And I am on board for all of these phases of quarantine. Sometimes we need to feel our feelings, we need to get creative and make bread, and then we need to change our world to make things better for more of us. But for myself, I might add another one, and that is the stage, the quarantine stage of gardening. I became friends with my potted plants in new ways over this time of quarantine. I grieved the death of my beautiful little lemon tree that decided my recent move was simply too stressful and that Washington was simply too cold. I resonate with my tree in that way. I have become that person who speaks with plants. I talk to them, ask them what they need to thrive. I've become obsessed with dirt and with green things and I have tracked the blooms on my potted plants and now the new plant friends in my garden. I have planted wildflowers around West Seattle and even planted corn at my old apartment. In my new apartment with Lauren, I have planted cabbage, Brussels sprouts, daylilies, lavender, hosta, ground cover succulents, basil, and California poppies. And yet, as you heard in Lauren's children's sermon today, all of this obsession with green things in my care doesn't mean that everything that I have tended has bloomed. Not everything that I have watered has survived. Not everything that I have transplanted has taken root. Not everything I have sown in seed has sprouted or even developed into anything that you can see with your eyes. Some plants in my care have withered and died and some have simply never shown their sweet faces to the sun. And each morning when I wake up and then go and see that one plant is wilting some or that the dirt is still bare where I planted something weeks ago, I'm inexplicably, inexplicably sad. Why didn't my plants survive? Why didn't they take root? What happened to the seeds? Where are they? Were they picked up and taken away by birds? Did I water it all too much? Not enough? Are the seeds still there somewhere, somewhere beneath the ground? Is there anything alive under all of that good dirt? And so, when I read this parable this week, I feel some sort of resonance within me. I know what it was like. I knew what it was like to have seeds fall on soil and then to not see the fruit. 
I imagined Jesus walking out of a house that he was staying in in our text. I imagined that as soon as folks saw him and get out, the, out of the door, they started following him, getting close to him, maybe too close for social distancing. I imagined them walk be, walking beside him, asking him endless questions as he tried to find some rest beside the sea, as he tried to answer each one of them with care, as he looked on each one of them with love. And I think it's interesting how a good teacher will tell stories that make sense for their contexts. The story of the community as a field planted by God is a common metaphor in Judaism. Jesus's listeners would be sure to recognize some of this metaphor. Jesus lived in a culture where farmers were your next door neighbors and people would have gone uh, to learn how to grow things themselves as a general rule. And so Jesus knew that these people in his care would immediately know what it looked like to plant things, to wait patiently or even impatiently for things to grow. Jesus knew that they knew the need to have plants for sustenance. Jesus knew that they might, as they planted things, they might feel some worry when things didn't come up. They would know the disappointment of things never breaking into sunlight. And I think this text, it has a very well-known translation, interpretation, a well-known way that we hear it. Growing up, I heard this text about evangelizing, about sharing with others about Jesus, about inviting people to pray a prayer and then have Jesus come live in your heart. This text was taught to me as a text to get me to go and tell people about Jesus. And sometimes I felt some guilt about how much I wasn't doing this perhaps enough. But then I read it a little bit more again this week. In reading it again, this text talks about the kingdom of God. The topic of the kingdom of God is vast. It is big. It could encompass, encompass many things. Sowing seeds of the kingdom of God is certainly showing a witness of what God has done in our lives, to be sure. Witnessing to God's saving work for us as individuals, telling our stories. How important is that? How can we keep from sharing that? How can we keep from singing? This is big, this is important. When we do this, we raise our Ebenezers and plant seeds. We share the goodness of God's word as the psalmist talks about in our psalm text today. We scatter seeds as we share our stories of God's faithfulness, even of our own doubts and how God continues to come through for us. We certainly are sowers of the word in this way. But I think the kingdom of God is bigger than this work too. This witnessing is simply a small part. The kingdom of God is defined as this. The kingdom of God is anywhere that God reigns. And what does living in God's kingdom look like? How does that kingdom function? The reign of God looks like all people thriving, where things are made right, where redemption has happened, where people know that they are loved, where wrongs are confessed, repented of, and people are reconciled, where there is mercy, where there is justice, where there is health. The kingdom of God can certainly be heaven, but Jesus also invited us to bring the kingdom of God on earth in our own spaces and places, as we can and as we are called. This is what we pray in the Lord's Prayer each week, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This too is the work of the kingdom. This is part of what it means to evangelize. But sometimes, 
Sometimes as we work for the kingdom of God, planting seeds, partnering with God, the good gardener, sometimes we don't see fruit. Like in my garden, some plants don't take root, don't break the surface of the ground, don't grow, don't bloom. Some transplants wither and they die. And this can be so discouraging. Maybe after a while, when we see so little fruit of our labors in our gardens or for the kingdom of God, we figure that maybe we aren't so good at this. Maybe we don't have a green thumb, that working for justice isn't our thing, that working to make things better in our world is too hard, that we've simply made too many mistakes, that witnessing to God's work among us is too scary and too full of rejection, that maybe we should ignore the voice of God inviting us to garden alongside our Creator. But from our parable today, I think we learn a few things that might get us back into the garden with Jesus. And the first is this. Some things are less about the sower and more about the ground. There are many stories here about farming and things in this chapter alone and in the rest of scripture. But this story, this story about farming is specifically about some different types of soil. That's what this story addresses here. And how might Jesus be speaking a challenge or grace to us this week with through how this story focuses on soil? I think this focus on the soil reminds us that as people, we often make things about ourselves. If we share about the kingdom of God, work for the kingdom of God, share what we are learning about doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly, if we feel called to witness to God's love for us, but others don't accept it, maybe push back against it, don't like the way that we have done it, are apathetic about our work, then, then sometimes we get hurt and think that maybe we should stop the work altogether. This is normal. However, this parable teaches us that sometimes it just isn't about us. We scatter abundantly like the sower, but we set boundaries. We know what we are called to and we can stay in that lane. It isn't our job to make sure the seeds take root, to make sure everything happens and all the needs are met. Our job is to simply sow abundantly like the sower where and when we are called. Rejection is part of what it means to work in the kingdom of God. Sadly, it just is. It is part of what it means to be human even. Sowing seeds of the kingdom of God has inherent risk, just like farming does. Who knows what weather will come, what the ground will be like, what pests might take over, but we are still invited in our spaces and places, as we are called, to sow seeds and let those who have ears listen. And the second thing I think we learn from this parable Something I mentioned above is that God invites us to sow abundantly. A sower scatters seed everywhere in this story. To me, this seems a little bit counterintuitive, honestly. Wouldn't a good farmer do some research and figure out what ground might be amenable to growing vegetables? That seems to make sense to me. Why isn't this apparently good farmer more discerning about his or her planting? But no. In our story, the farmer goes out and scatters seed all over the place. 
on rocky ground, on the path, on thorns and on good soil. And isn't that just the most beautiful picture of hope? That God's work to make things right and bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven is not something that God is stingy about. God scatters seed everywhere and invites us to do the same. Who knows what might take root and where? And as things seem to be counterproductive, as things may seem difficult in our spaces and places, and as we don't see a lot of our efforts for making things right coming through, maybe this is how we can keep going. Maybe we too can rest in the thought that maybe seeds are sprouting somewhere in that dirt, maybe even on the path, maybe amidst thorns, and that even next year or the year after or years after that, we might begin to see the sprouts of new things planted long ago beneath good dirt that comes. I recently wrote a poem about this and I'd like to read it to you if you would be amenable. I wrote it on the porch overlooking the garden. It is called In the Dark and it goes like this. The chasm between this glorious day and myself is something that my heart cannot quite adjust to. I am unsettled, my heart uncertain. I feel maybe a bit hopeless and sad because of the worldwide pandemic, certainly, but also because some of my friends were tear gassed this week. Someone protesting for justice was killed in a hit and run. Racism continues, my sister is sick, and a friend got some difficult news, to name a few of the things that grasp at my heart. And yet, I'm sitting on the porch, my face awash with sun, the garden full of new blooms, and the summer smell of hose water on dirt, good dirt, reminding me that some things are still alive, reminding me that rich things are formed long before my naked eye can see them, reminding me that beautiful things do sprout, do stretch upward, do grow, even underneath that good dirt, even in the dark. And so this week, as we feel invited by Jesus to join him in the garden, may we listen and go out to sow seeds of the kingdom of God abundantly, spreading the good news of hope, of justice, of peace, of mercy, of God's love and the thriving for all everywhere, knowing that we will fail, knowing that it isn't our job to control what takes root and what doesn't. And may we have hope that even as we don't always see the fruits of our labor, may we trust that those seeds may even be sprouting, stretching upward, growing underneath that good dirt, even in the dark. <laughs>